Welcome back to Teaching Matters, the University of Edinburgh's hub for discussing, promoting, and showcasing teaching and learning around the university. We are a website, blog, podcast, and possibly most importantly, a small group of people passionate about providing platforms for conversations surrounding teaching and learning. This episode is the second of our Wikimedia series, which celebrates Wikimedia's 21st birthday. My favorite part about producing this series is not only learning about Wikimedia and its many uses, but also being introduced to the crucial conversations surrounding this open source encyclopedia, one of which being about languages. Why is it important to have Wikipedia pages in multiple languages? What challenges come up in translating Wikipedia pages? What's the relationship between languages and sources in striving to make information as complete as possible? And what challenges or opportunities do smaller Wikipedia communities have? Thankfully, our participants offer a variety of perspectives in tackling these questions, with the conversation being chaired by Jason, a national Wikimedian. The conversation also features a Wikimedian in residence, Ewan, a Wikipedia program coordinator, Richard, an OER services manager, Lorna, and three translation students from Edinburgh University, Benji, Weichao, and Nora. Benji and Weichao work from English to Chinese, while Nora works from English to Arabic and Arabic to English. Without further ado, let's get to their conversation. So welcome everyone to this discussion on languages on Wikipedia. There are more than 300 languages on Wikipedia, and today we're just going to have a brief discussion about the importance of having those languages on Wikipedia, some of the issues that face smaller languages on Wikipedia, and just have a, a general chat about this. So I'm Jason Evans. I'm chairing the session today. I'm the National Wikimedian at the National Library of Wales currently, and I do a lot of work with the Welsh language wiki community. So before we go into the questions and introduce everyone, I thought I would do a few minutes just on some wiki stats around languages. So as I'm sure many of you will know, English is by far the biggest and the most used Wikipedia. There are six million art articles and they get 10 billion views every month. There are actually over 310, um, there's 310 languages on Wikipedia. And over time, the English Wikipedia's share of the wiki space has declined from around 50% in 2003 to 11% today, as those smaller language community Wikipedias grow and the Wikipedias get bigger and more popular. But not all wikis are created equally. There have been some great success stories. And if you rank Wikipedias by the number of articles per speaker of a given language, you will see that English actually languishes mid-table. And there are Celtic languages, Basque country, Swedish, and several Filipino languages, for example, that do very well um, on that ranking list. And then at the other end, there's some obvious, really large language communities that have very underdeveloped Wikipedias. Chinese is one, Japanese, many African languages. Um, and Arabic as well is very small considering the number of speakers. So, studies have shown that languages of a Wikipedia article can influence the sources that are used, for example. There's been lots of research that shows that because English is so huge and so many of the contributors to Wikipedia are European-based and sort of the Northern Hemisphere, that there is a gender bias and a, a Western 
a pro-Western worldview that comes through on Wikipedia. So in many ways, having developing these smaller language community Wikipedias and having Wikipedia from different perspectives in different parts of the world really promotes truth and variety and it's got to be a good thing. But that's what we're going to talk about today. Hopefully we'll um, get some, some more details. So the first question that I want to ask really is about the importance of having Wikipedia in multiple languages. And I think we've touched um, perhaps on some of those issues. But why is it important to have Wikipedia in multiple languages? Shall we start with Lorna Campbell, OER Services Manager at the University of Edinburgh? Thanks very much, Jason, uh, and thank you for the introduction. I should probably declare an interest here as well, because I'm also a trustee of Wikimedia UK, which is the UK's chapter of the Wikimedia Foundation. So I think part of the vision of uh, the Wikimedia Foundation as a whole is for knowledge equity, so that everyone, including groups that have traditionally been underrepresented, have an ability to participate in the creation of knowledge. It's not just about ensuring that the knowledge we share represents everyone, it's that everyone has an equitable opportunity to create and share that knowledge. And I think as part of that, it's absolutely critically important that we are all able to share our knowledge in our own native languages, because so much of that knowledge is contextualized within those languages. And if we become a monolingual society or a society that is dominated by a handful of larger languages, then we lose so much knowledge, we lose cultural identity, we, use, we lose representation. So it's not just it's not just about translation. It's really about being able to represent all those cultural aspects that go with a language and that that are inherent in that language. Uh, so I think that's why it's really important that we do have Wikipedia's that are in as many different languages as possible, because that is really the way to achieve knowledge equity. That's great. Thank you very much. Yes, very well articulated. We also have with us on this call three translation studies students from Edinburgh University. And I, I want to ask you this same question. Binji, should we start with you? Hi, uh, thank you for your excellent introduction. And I think when people want to find some information about some something or some events, they often turn to Wikipedia to learn more. Uh, but if they are not multilingual, it is essential for them. It is essential uh, for Wikipedia to be available in multiple languages, thus they have uh, equal access to uh, the same language knowledge and the same information. And uh, as for the global perspective, I think through translation, through diverse translation, it is also kind of cultural communication. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's that's a really interesting point. And one of the things that we've noticed in Wales is we, we did a project on um, medical information on the Welsh language Wikipedia. And there were people coming to us and saying, you know, they've had They've been diagnosed with a mental health issue, for example. And of course, the first thing you want to do is know more about it. 
Um, yeah. And so you go online and if you can't access that in your native language and you're struggling with words that you're not that familiar with, it's, it puts you at an immediate disadvantage. So it's, it is really important that that, that information is available um, multilingually. Um, shall we go to Nora next? Hi. Uh, so for me, I think that for as a translator, the main purpose for me when I do any project is to bridge the understanding. So between languages and mainly also cultures. Uh, so when doing so in Wikipedia, it will allow access for people in different cultures to understand other cultures they may maybe have misunderstandings about or know the history behind specific, you know, events. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's very important to have other multiple language uh, Wikipedias. Yeah. Brilliant. Thanks very much. Um, and finally, then, I'll ask this question to Hui Chao as well. Could you give your thoughts on that? Oh, uh, yeah. Thank you for introduction. And I, I think Wikipedia uh, provide a great platform for the uh, different language users to notice there are something different in different contexts. Because I think it is important to notice the language, the knowledge is incomplete. Uh, for example, I found that there's many articles translated from the original version like English to Chinese, they lost many informations in the original articles and which which just create like a brief version. And so I can find the diversity in different discourses and they can complete each other and then uh, so that they, they mutually benefit the readers to access more complete knowledge, I think, from different perspectives. Fantastic. Yeah. And the whole ethos of Wikipedia is to provide access to the sum of all human knowledge. And just because you've covered something in one language doesn't mean that you've captured all the knowledge. And so I, I totally get that point. And it just fits so perfectly with the, the Wikipedia ethos. Um, Richard Naval from Wikimedia UK, of course, now there are a number of languages that Wikimedia UK, Wikimedia UK oversee. You've got Welsh, you've got Scots. So what's your perspective on the need for diversity um, on Wikipedia? So all these points that have been made are really important. And I think what's also interesting is the impact beyond Wikipedia. Um, so we're used to seeing Google searches turn up Wikipedia results right at the top. And so having content on different languages makes those subjects easier to find information about, not just from Wikipedia itself, but the whole ecosystem of knowledge. Having active and good Wikipedia in 300 different languages means that those languages are uh, on a good footing for content online. And so it's, it's really important in that way. And Wikipedia bleeds over to other digital spaces. For example, someone translated Minecraft into Cornish and they were referring to the Cornish Wikipedia regularly. So it shows that what's on Wikipedia has an impact way beyond what um, you could possibly expect. So that's why it's important. It's hard to argue against the importance of having Wikipedia pages in different languages. 
If Wikipedia were simply in one language, we'd lose knowledge, cultural identity, and representation. It's also crucial in terms of knowledge equity, as underrepresented groups should be able to participate in the creation and sharing of knowledge. I love how Binji used the term cultural communication when speaking about the role of diverse translation. But now that the participants have covered the importance of having Wikipedia in multiple languages, how does it actually happen? What issues arise from translating pages? Does translation open the door to a more complete and diverse selection of sources? And what role does machine translation play in the process? So the next question that we have is, are there any issues arising from literal translation of articles in other languages? Now, this is something that I'm hoping the, the students we have on the call will, will have some insight on. So one of the things that we've run into here in Wales is if you are translating articles about the history of a place or something political, for example, it's possible that your perspective, the facts that you, you want to include and make prominent in your article might be different to the article that you're translating from. And how do you deal with that? when you've obviously got to make a, a, a literal translation of, of the content. Are you sometimes selective? Will you sometimes add additional information to articles that isn't in the original source article? So when translating into Arabic, most likely there's many concepts that are maybe not, uh, I mean, to refer back to mental health you were just mentioning, there are many uh, concepts that don't have direct equivalents. So maybe that can be an issue for me there. I'll have to explain more because sometimes two concepts, two illnesses are referred to by the same usage of words. So it's, it doesn't really represent what it actually means. So that I'll have to explain more. But as, an, as a translator, I would have to, I would like to be as impartial as I can and not inflict my own bias and my own opinions. Uh, if it's merely knowledge or information that I would like to add and not my opinion, or of course I would not do that. So yeah, if it's just to add or explain, I would do that definitely. That's great, thank you. Um, Binji, would you like to give your thoughts on that? Yes. And I think there are some disadvantages about literal translation. Uh, the first one is it comes deliver the information accurately, especially some information about some, some cultural information. The second one is it is not readable to the target audience. So sometimes it can't make sense to our readers, our Wikipedia users, and may confuse our target audience. And uh, the last one is it can't uh, accurately translate uh, some cultural expressions. And I think it's the uh, most important one in my perspective. So I think as a translator, what I should do is to take our target audience into consideration. So during our translation process, uh, we can add some essential information into our, our target Wikipedia page. And the, another uh, translation strategy is to adapt some expressions that is more natural to the target audience. 
So I think it's more、uh, useful when I translate the some Wikipedia page. Yeah, that sounds that sounds really sensible. Hui Chao, would you like to have a go at answering that one? Yes, I agree with Bingdi, and I also think that、uh, even though we can understand the meaning in in the original、uh, languages, but we, we it is tough for me to translate it in our mother tongue because it's not only there there are some gaps in contents, but also there are gaps in the cognitions, and rather than To, rather than choosing the literal translation, we we can explain the meaning、uh, for the target reader. I think so. It is better for the translation to make sense. I think it is the great、uh, essential things. Great, thanks very much. Yeah, some really interesting points there. I don't know whether any of our other guests have any any thoughts on the the issues of literal translation before we move on. Lorna Campbell, would you like to offer some thoughts? Not so much a comment on literal trans on the actual translation part, but I think when it comes to references, I think sometimes it may be possible to find additional source information.、Uh, sometimes when you're translating from one language to another, it could be possible that there are sources there that were not available in the original language that could be added in the the target language you're translating into. So I think that's something else that. Is always worth considering is the the source of the information there. Yeah, absolutely. And I was reading just this morning that、um, there was a study a few years ago on articles about Crimea, and the English article used a lot of sources from Ukraine, but the Russian、um, and, and other versions of the article didn't use hardly any. Ukrainian sources, and it just gets you thinking how much those sources can actually influence the whole sort of slant of the article. You know, if if you've if you've not got those that variety of sources, then it can definitely impact on on how accurate and how complete that article is, because that's one of Wikipedia's biggest problems is completeness.、Um, a lot of the information there is factually accurate, but if you leave certain things out. Then you can give a very different kind of view of something without there being any any lies involved or any、uh, you know fake news as it were. But it's important that the information is as complete as possible. Great,、uh, you and McAndrew, would you like to offer some thoughts?、Yeah. I, I was just、uh, struck、um, because we've obviously got our great translation students here,、um, and I was looking at the. What they'd actually done this semester and last, and what what they were asked to do was to translate one thousand five hundred to two thousand words from one language, Wikipedia, each semester. And I was looking at how they changed, how what they'd selected to work on, the sort of decision making that went behind that, and how that changed. In from one semester to another, because I know that Hui Chao wrote about a kind of fungus, a, a mushroom, in semester one, and then wrote about、uh, Ernest Hemingway's short story collection、uh, in semester two, and Nora wrote about the Pennsylvania State Capitol 
in semester one and then wrote about the Scottish Renaissance in semester two. And uh, Bingy got applauded for her work on Ernest Hemingway and I think decided to do it on Ernest Hemingway's stories in semester one and semester two. And I wondered if the, the process of translation and the different topics presented different challenges and whether machine translation helped or hindered natural expression. I think that's a really great question. Would anyone like to, to have a go at responding to that? Hi, sometimes I think uh, machine translation is great. How, how do you explain that great? Because it's literal translation, it's accurate, and it's word-to-word -word translation. So when we check the source text and the target text, we can say that some, some expressions are not so natural. So as a translator, we can identify these challenges and uh, then we correct them. So I think, it, and, we can use the machine translation as a tool, but as a, a translator, we, we should take the strategy of domestication rather than literal translation so that we can so meet the translation demand of our target audience. Yeah, I'm assuming translating, you know, an article about mathematics or science or something, it's it is quite a methodical process of just translating word for word. But if you're talking about a story that that has themes and and all sorts of subplots, then it's it's more difficult to to translate that literally. Great. Would anyone else like to respond to Ewan's point? Last semester, I chose a, a article about about the fungi, the biology, but I find it is. The, the machine translation hinders me a lot to translate the original articles because there are so many professional terms or technical terms that the machine translation didn't uh, do a good job. And uh, there are so many mistakes that I have to uh, search a lot. And maybe I choose to translate by myself is it is more if efficient and if effective yes and it, it is also the machine translation is like provide um a little bit awkward translation for the target readers because the the natural or common reading habit is quite different on this professional topic i think so it is really difficult yeah, that's a really good point. I've, I remember on one occasion, I, I occasionally translate English articles into Welsh and there was a, an article about a comet, I think, and it had some very technical terms about the name of the comet and the type of telescope that was used and black holes and all sorts of really tricky terms. And it made it very difficult just to do a very short section of translation because a lot of the terms simply don't exist and there may be a mythology for um, a methodology for forming a translation but it's very complicated and requires a lot of a lot of work so that's yeah that's a very good point and i guess in some ways that is a restriction on translating because it's possible that people generally might avoid topics that have a lot of terminology that's very difficult and and it's and it's material that will get translated into far fewer languages than, than other material but possibly so it's a very good point 
As someone who's only fluent in one language, it's fascinating to hear about the challenges of translation, especially when it comes to professional and technical terms, like Wee Chao was talking about. Before hearing this conversation, I'd also never thought about translation as being an integral part of making knowledge as complete as possible, but Nora's point about being able to integrate sources from the language you're translating a page into is brilliant. Now, the conversation turns to discussing the challenges and opportunities faced by minority language Wikipedias. People typically edit Wikipedia independently, but is this a community event? Who is actually editing Wikipedia in smaller communities and how does it get started? And what kind of opportunities are there with indigenous languages? Okay, what challenges or opportunities face smaller and minority language Wikipedias? So with this question, I'm thinking in terms of the challenges that might face smaller communities. How do you bring people together? to edit how do you encourage people to contribute when there's much bigger gaps in knowledge how do you prioritize where do you start and are there actually some real opportunities for smaller language wikipedias because they're so underdeveloped to get a form of language activism going where people feel like they're working for a purpose i think one of the key challenges for smaller wikipedias is that community building side of things making sure that there's an enthusiastic group of people who can form that core of the community to then develop the content sitting in front of your computer writing a wikipedia article isn't usually a community event and emphasizing the community side of things makes people more like to stick around and so you've got longevity and then ideally they'd be able to take that and pass it on to other people. So they're growing the community. But that is, of course, the hardest thing to do, which is why you find many communities to do the Wikipedia that are very small. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a challenge I know we face in Wales, and I'm sure it's the same uh, the world over. Um, you and McAndrew. I was just going to sort of talk about uh, the idea of like thinking about who, who actually is editing Wikipedia's like. I know that there's been some studies looking at, for example, Arabic Wikipedia, where a lot of the edits are coming from outside of sort of where you might expect. A lot of the edits are being done by editors in America who are maybe expats. And it, it's, it's thinking about who's able to access the Wikipedias and who has the knowledge or the inclination to edit these Wikipedias in the first place. And from our translation students' point of view is, is thinking about, I mean, before they edited Wikipedia, did they know or use Wikipedia before that very much? Or do they know other people that used or edited Wikipedia or would have been inclined to think about what actually is the process of contributing to these pages? Yeah, that's really interesting. Would any of the students like to, to have a stab at answering that it'd be really interesting to get your perspective Binji, have you got any thoughts hi uh when i'm a under uh, undergraduate student i often turn to wikipedia for some uh, information uh, but when i'm now i'm a postgraduate student i'm more clear about the process of editing a wikipedia page but before uh, that i i even don't know 
uh, why Wikipedia can be edited by everyone. But now I'm clear that everyone can edit the Wikipedia and everyone can make their contributions to Wikipedia. I think that's a great job. Yeah, that's that's the story I hear a lot is, is people just don't understand. People just take for granted that Wikipedia is there. It's this source of knowledge. And they don't stop to think about, well, how how has this massive source of information been developed? Where has it just come from? It hasn't magically appeared. There aren't millions of people being paid lots of money to, to write it. It's it's all being driven by the community. And once people understand that, I think you, you've won the battle in terms of making them think about contributing themselves. Yes. Yeah. Great. Nora, would you like to give some thoughts on that? Yeah, hi. Um, so I definitely knew about Wikipedia and I used it a lot growing up, like since middle school, I believe, ever since I started doing any essay project, I looked to Wikipedia. But uh, and I knew, I think most of my peers also knew at that age, at that young age, that we can edit. But <laughs> sometimes it's a double-edged sword because, you know, children can have fun with that. and. Yeah, I think um, it became sometimes as a game for kids to do that, which is not what we're looking for. But I never really thought as as I grew that I can contribute myself and I can, you know, there's many articles I find that are not well referenced that I can add to that and maybe add also to the information. So, yeah, I've never really seen or knew someone who have done that you know, realistically. Yeah, brilliant. Great. Lorna Campbell, have you got any thoughts on this um, challenges and opportunities of developing smaller language Wikipedias, particularly perhaps from a Scottish perspective with, with the minority languages that we've got there? Yeah, I mean, there are certainly, there are, there are many challenges, but there are a lot of opportunities as well. And particularly in Scotland, you know, as well as the wide range of community languages that we have spoken in the country now, we have the indigenous languages of Gaelic and Scots, neither of which are well represented on their own Wikipedias. There is both a Gaelic and a Scots Wikipedia, but they are very small. And I think they have quite different challenges, perhaps. Certainly the, the Scots Wikipedia hit the headlines recently when it was revealed that a lot of the entries were created by somebody who was not a native Scots speaker. And this generated quite a lot of headlines, I think perhaps for the wrong reasons, because there, I don't think there was anything malicious in the editor's intent at all. I think he genuinely believed he was he was trying to help. And it's certainly, it's not uncommon to have learner speakers editing entries on different language wikipedias and i think that is actually to be encouraged and despite you know there was some quite really quite harsh press directed at this editor but the the community came together really to support scots wikipedia and to engage more local editors with more local knowledge and i think it turned into something uh, really quite positive. And if our Scotland Projects coordinator, Sarah Thomas, had been here today, I'm sure she would be able to tell. She tells a really inspiring story about how the community did come together to support the really rejuvenation of Scots Wikipedia. So that's certainly one example. 
Gaelic is a certainly slightly different case in that there is a Gaelic Wikipedia. Again, it's very small and we have had quite a lot of difficulty in growing that Wikipedia. It's a very distributed population. It's quite an elderly population. Gaelic is not a homogenous language at all. So even just agreeing the words or definitions or sources can be difficult. And again, we do have I think quite a few of the the editors in Gaelic Wikipedia are perhaps not native speakers, they're learners from other countries, which again, you know, we need their input, but I think we also need the input from local populations. And I think really there's certainly a lot that could be learned from your experience in Wales, because this, this is where I do my little soapbox moment. Gaelic medium education is growing in popularity in Scotland. And my my daughter is being schooled in a Gaelic medium school. She's now in secondary school. And they are repeatedly told never to use Wikipedia in the classroom. And there is a Gaelic Wikipedia there that is desperate for engagement. And it just strikes me that if the Gaelic schools in Scotland could engage children in growing that Wikipedia, in writing these entries, in learning how to use Wikipedia, as you've done in Wales, that could be really, really powerful. But I think, as you said, it's sometimes you need to get the attention from the government ministers, the education authorities. And that is certainly something that we have not yet managed to do here in Scotland. But I think if we could do that, there are huge affordances for Gaelic Wikipedia if we could get the Gaelic medium schools involved. I'll get off my soapbox now. No, that's really interesting. Yeah, definitely a lot of opportunities to do more with the education sector. But that, of course, is is what we're doing here. All the students on this call are, are using Wikipedia as a way of learning as well as improving the content at exactly the same time so Ewan would you like to come in and say a few words on this? I I think um, it's been a it's been really positive to see such engagement and motivation to address knowledge gaps whether it's on uh, scientific topics or a certain language activism or bringing the Scottish Renaissance into an Arabic Wikipedia audience or the stories of Hemingway or anything else. It's, it's, it's just really a beautiful thing, I think, just being able to build a cultural understanding and support teaching and learning as well and giving students published translation experience and seeing how machine translation can help and hinder and nuance and, and finding that way of getting nuance into the work and yeah I, I, I'm, I'm all for encouraging this and I hope more people will, will take it up and that we can grow these Wikipedias to be a more knowledge equitable world. Yeah I completely agree with that and it's thanks really to to your work and the work of the University of Edinburgh that has inspired some similar work in Wales. We've got professional translation study students in Wales now who, who do a module on Wikipedia every year and that we do a translate-a-thon with them every term with their students and it's, it's, it's a really positive thing. So I think on that positive note it might be a good time to draw proceedings to a close. It's been really interesting hearing everyone's 
thoughts. And I suppose to summarize, we would just say that there's a long way to go before other languages have the level of information that English does on Wikipedia. But there's a growing push and a growing understanding for the need to really improve access to information in people's native languages. And the work that Wikipedia and Wikimedia are doing in this area, I think, is is really fantastic. And they're really pushing things on. And the, the quality and the quantity of content in non-English languages on Wikipedia is, is, is really coming along. And there's some great opportunities along the way there. Um, so thank you very much to all, all our guests. And thank you for inviting me to chair the session. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the second episode of our Wikimedia series. Tune in next Wednesday for the third, which features a conversation about improving science, communication, and medicine using Wikipedia, specifically discussing a Wikipedia project in Edinburgh University's Reproductive Biology BSE program. Teaching Matters is brought to you by the University of Edinburgh's Institute for Academic Development. For more posts and conversations about teaching and learning, head to our blog, We'd be delighted for you to join the conversation. To do so, please email us at teachingmatters.ed.ac.uk. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, and now LinkedIn. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider following us on Spotify or leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Music for today's episode was provided by Hook Sounds. In the meantime, stay curious. <laughs>